Welcome to the Dharma Spring. So, the, the koan again. Yun Men said, You come and go by daylight. You make people out by daylight. But suddenly it's midnight, and there's no sun, no moon, no lamp. If it's a place you've been to, then of course it might be possible. But if it's a place you've never been, how will you get hold of something? Hmm. One thing... Well, first, this is um, young men's darkness, is what uh, somebody who I took this koan from that was shared recently, referred to it as young men's darkness, and I didn't know it off the top of my head of any, any being in any of our collections and where to find it, but I did find it in the commentary of a, another koan by young men, which has to do with light, so it's great. Young men playing with light and dark. Uh, more, more than just that one time in that original koan I knew of, here he is going into the dark to accompany his light. So, um, something really... When I first met this koan, it was really, um, well, intriguing. It made me smile, because that midnight place in a place I've never been to, it was, even though it's a place I've never been to, I'd been there. <laughs> I, that was a familiar place of, oh yeah, I know that. Um, but I didn't know it, like, in my mind, I just, oh yeah, there's that body memory, that, or a being memory, that it's like, oh yeah. I know kind of what he's talking about, and hmm, interesting question. When it comes to that question, how will you get a hold of something, I was like, oh, huh, I don't know that I've ever taken that question up and <laughs> looked at it that way, so that was the, the interesting part to uh, to spend time with. Um, exploring, had, having been in such circumstances and such places, how did I get a hold of something, or did I get a hold of something? I'm not really sure, so we've been exploring that, you know, for the last several days, what that's like. What, uh, and the, you know, sharing my field notes here with you, my discoveries. Um, one thing that arose had to do with the part of, well, if it's a place you've been, then it might be possible. And what came to mind was this experience of a daylight, not a midnight, but a midday kind of uh, wandering in the place that I haven't been. So we've kind of flipped it around. So it's the middle of the day, but in a place I've never been, and I have no idea where I am. It was an assignment when I uh, started school at Naropa years ago. One of our assignments early on was to go do some aimless wandering and um, just see what it's like to not try to follow our our minds and our maps, but to, to just go wander aimlessly. And it was great because I hadn't lived in Boulder um, very long. My sister had lived there, we'd visited, but I didn't know the whole area like I didn't know the springs growing up here. So it was an opportunity to um, drive into a neighborhood that I didn't know at all. And I parked my car and noticed the name of the street next to it so I could get back to it. And then I just walked away not knowing anything about what I was going to encounter. It was great. <laughs> because I 
didn't have any idea how long it would take, what was around the corner, and therefore time seemed to open up. Not as then, didn't have a task or something to get to or to get away from. I had no idea. And I noticed things drew me in more deeply. Flowers and just yard decorations and things like that. Um, not only did I not know where I was, I had no... Well, I set a timer for maybe 30 minutes, but I had no idea how long it had been. So I was free of time, free of place, and just wandering in a place I hadn't been. Um, eyes open in the daylight, but it was still... Um, wildly and lively, lively, unfamiliar. It was great. So that's what first came up, is, oh, I know this kind of place in the daylight. And then, it's kind of the reverse. I don't know that I've ever been in a complete midnight, complete dark situation in a place that I don't know. But I do know, well, the associations that came up were being in the forest, camping, or one particular forest that comes to mind is the, the Black Forest, when we used to have retreats out at Bennett Pines. And... I often found at the end of the day of meditation I was more energized than tired. So I'd go wandering through the forest at night while people were going to bed, and sometimes I'd end up sleeping out there because I'd been wandering too long and didn't want to disturb the housemates. <laughs> so I had a lot of a lot of good times wandering out in that forest. Um, but the difference is I would wander in the daytime too. And they were there were stone lined paths to follow in the daytime and at night if the moon was out the stones were white and they could be lit up and i could still see them but the most exciting times are when there was no moon at all and no clouds just really pitch black in the forest and um even though i was trying to follow those paths in my mind it was a place i knew before i didn't know this place because my depth perception was gone the the familiar landmarks that could guide me were gone so that's what came to mind that forest but also when i go camping whether it's uh around the campfire or in the middle of the night when i need to wander off because nature's calling or i want to go look at the stars or something i don't like to use a flashlight and because it then my eyes have to adjust to when I turn it off. <laughs> so I prefer to just wander into the forest a bit. And it's the same situation. I've been camping there, so I'm familiar with where some places are, but when the light of the sun is gone and we don't have a lantern going and I'm going off into the places where the firelight doesn't reach, it's not a place I know. And it's fun to experiment in that place um, for me. What I try is walking as if I know where I am in that dark. <laughs> With the same pace as I do in the daylight. And it's a curiosity of, I wonder if my mind can remember how far this, from, from here to there it is. And when am I going to smack that tree <laughs> or not? Is it going to smack me? Um, and to just kind of walk as if it is daylight, and as if I know what I'm doing. And it turns out things are always not what my mind thinks they are. 
they're always they tend to be farther <laughs> my mind shortens a distance the daylight shortens a distance puts things in perspective but in the midnight in those darknesses what i think should take 10 steps takes 15 or 20. and there's also an uneasiness there because what if there's a hole i don't know of that i might step in twist an ankle or something so after that experiment when I just when I give up any kind of idea of how to approach it what I notice what I was feeling in my body here remembering these experiences is going into those dark forest places there's kind of this backward leaning that I do I lean back and I notice off to the side to the left just a little bit somehow that's just my body naturally does that so it's like it goes lower finds some deeper place to connect and then walks not leaning forward, but openly entering into the space, but leaning back, not fully engaging. Um, and I can make my way along like that, discovering things as I go. The familiar thing and the unfamiliar thing. The branch that I didn't remember was that low that hits me in the head, you know, that kind of thing. And there's really, there's kind of a peacefulness to it and a spaciousness to that backwards leaning. And then as I felt it in my body more, I realized I often find myself in that leaning back place in the middle of everyday life. It's kind of when I'm not doing anything, when I'm just at the house with no project to do, nowhere to go, nobody else around usually um, it's kind of a natural stance a natural way of <clears throat> relating to things is kind of a backwards leaning and entering and discovering it's again peaceful open kind of quiet and calm and it's just there I'm not doing it on purpose it's like when I stop trying to do other things I find that's my default mode <laughs> that leaning back and that feels like in our meditation, when we sit, we're leaning back, we're dropping all the external things and the other doings and maybe touching into our default mode, the default mode of our being in that leaning back and trusting in that more anchored or rooted movement or moving from such a place. Yeah. So I contrasted that to the times where I'm not feeling that in the daylight times when I am it's usually with other people and there's something happening and maybe I have a part in it and I find that I'm leaning forward more than that leaning back and it feels a disconnection there and part of it's because of what I'm creating what I'm doing um, if I have a part to play then I might be a little anxious and that's got me leaning forward because I want to make sure to get it right instead of leaning backwards which I'm finding is more trustworthy <laughs> or maybe I'm concerned about the situation happening or how I might look in the situation will I be able to do that and then I notice sometimes if I catch myself in those forward-leaning moments with strategies and agendas or ideas and I realize I'm not leaning backwards then I I have that opportunity to let go of those things 
And right in that moment, I can lean back and still be in the same place, but then relate to it and enter into it differently. And it seems to be helpful. Um, and it takes a long time to catch <laughs> those habits of thought and action can, you know, the way they kick in automatically and carry us along and have done so for so, so many years. It can be hard and difficult to catch them when they kick into gear. Usually it's after they've been rolling along a while that I go, oh, here it is. Then I might find that release point where I can lean back. So that's kind of the initial noticings. And that connecting with the leaning back, I began to be curious about how I can do that maybe more and more as even though it's that default mode that happens, how might I in nourish and encourage it more so? But before I go into the some of those specific things I've been doing these last few days, I wanted to share a story that came up in the midst of all this. It's from the Zhuangzi. <laughs> the stories tend to come up from the Taoist realm for me. And it's a, a story about a conversation between two shadows. Um and more specifically, two parts of one shadow. So I thought it was great. This story about darkness speaking to darkness came to mind. And it's a conversation between the penumbra and the umbra. So the penumbra, the edge of the shadow, this is like an opaque object that the sun is shining on and the edge of it where there's still a mixture of light and dark happening versus the umbra part, which is... The, the center, where things are completely opaque. There's no mixture of light. It's just complete dark. So those, those are the two shadow parts having a conversation. Um, this is the David Hinton translation. Penumbra inquired of Umbra. One minute you're walking, and the next you're standing still. One minute you're sitting, and the next you're standing up. Why don't you take control of your life? Umbra replied, Am I waiting for something else to make me thus and so? Am I waiting for something else again to make it thus and so? What am I waiting for? Snake skins and cicada wings? How do we recognize what is thus and so anyway? And how do we recognize what is not thus and not so? <laughs> so what I love is Umbra takes on that curiosity and just wonders, like, I don't know what the hell I'm up to. <laughs> Asks all these questions. Am I waiting for something? Or am I waiting for something else to become something before I become something? So really inquiring into its own situation. Now, am I waiting for the snake skins and the cicada wings? Am I waiting to grow something that will help me move like those daylight movements? So it's all just questions, all just wondering, which to me was very much resonating with how will you get hold of something? You know, in that place of dark midnight that you've never been, how will you get hold of something? And for me, the curiosity that remained, like I said, I don't know that I ever got hold of something. Um, 
So how will I get hold of something, or do I even get a hold of something in those places? All those questions rolling around. So I took that curiosity with me to the dentist yesterday. Another dentist story. This, and I, had, I had one a few years back. So here's another one that arose because that's what I was doing, is going to the dentist. And um, lying in the chair and reclined and leaning back so they could look in my mouth and do the things they do. I was aware of how when I was a kid, it always felt more the adversarial relationship between me and the dentist. <laughs> Or whomever was attending, you know, cleaning my teeth and everything. It's like, for the last six months, I'd been in training. And trying to do what I had to do so that I could come in here and get a good report. And they better not tell me something's wrong. You know, that's what my mind would do as a kid. It's like, oh, of course I've been cleaning my teeth and everything. I'm not going to have a cavity. And So it was a little adversarial. A little bit of trying to show them. And not wanting to be judged, really. That was it. I don't want to be judged. I wanted, I, did I do a good job? Please say yes. That kind of thing. But in the recent years, I noticed that had gone away. And it was, I, my connection was a little more disinterest. It's like, yeah, I seem to be doing all right, taking care of business, and you'll look and I'll hear what you say, but I'm not going to be too concerned because there's usually not too many concerns. So yesterday, I noticed, because I've been hanging out with the idea of how will you get hold of something and that leaning backwards, that I just decided there in that chair that I was already leaning back and reclined, I would just do it further. <laughs> like my whole being, my whole body just completely drop into that. And it was the most uh, relaxing and pleasant dentist visit I've ever had. And the woman cleaning my teeth, I realized she was my partner. We were partnering in this. And, you know, she was telling me stories about her mom and her mom's teeth. And uh, it was just this interesting, well, it's interesting back and forth because I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I can't contribute too much to the conversation. But it was just really pleasant. And I had no idea, I don't know if I'm here to get my teeth cleaned or to get evaluated or what I was just leaning back and being curious about what was happening and it was really just alive and fresh and uh, open so uh, a great thing of huh what if I have no idea at all what my role is what her role is and I just lean back and come forth from that place that anchored deeper place so that was a nice experience I'm glad to have met this koan before the dentist <laughs> And then today, I was mowing the lawn, and last year I bought one of those old push mower type mowers. After having the plug-in power mower for a while, and then switching to a weed whacker, because the rocks we have in our yard tore up the blade of the, the mower. So I'll go with a weed whacker, and that thing's quite destructive, <laughs> especially in my hands, I guess. So I got this um, power or push mower last year and have had it out a few times, a couple times this year. And I really like that because I noticed today, it's like, yeah, that other, the powered things, that's a really aggressive approach to the lawn, <laughs> which isn't a lawn. It's just kind of natural Colorado things that grow. But this push mower, 
my relationship is more, it's a deeper relationship with going on, with, with the land, with what's happening. Most things are getting sliced up, and I might try a few times, and there might be something that just keeps sticking up, and I go, okay, I let it be. And whereas if I have that power more, like, I'm going to get you, oh, you're defying me? <laughs> kind of entering from a, haha, I've got an agenda here, where with the push more, there's a less of an agenda and more of a partnering. Um, many times I can think of with the power mower going over something, they're going, whoops, I didn't mean to mow that. <laughs> I just, uh, the power overtook me, I guess, you know, ah, now I can't go back. But today it was like, well, there's a lot of dandelions. Jan, I remember your recent dandelion story. I was thinking of that. So... In the backyard, I left a patch of dandelions for the bees and the and the butterflies. I got rid of the rest, but there was a few patches here for them. Then I got over to our side yard, and the whole thing was just full of um, dandelions. And we don't go to that side of our house anyway, so I just said, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> just let it be. Um, that was seemed to be partnering with the land and with the lawn, and just, okay. So leaning back and being curious really about, hmm, what's going to get mowed, what's not going to get mowed, and I don't know, wandering around, around like that, wandering through it like that. So another really pleasant, relaxing experience, mowing the lawn. After all these years, I'm saying that. Huh. <laughs> it's always been one of those things I've detested, so now, now maybe not. And the last thing to bring in, as experiences-wise, is somebody else's, not mine, but somebody with whom I was having a conversation today who just shared, you know, there's in a relationship where there's been some tension and trouble from time to time, ongoing, that, you know, pops up here and there, but never seems to get resolved. This person noticed, for a long time, trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing wrong, or what's... What's the other person doing that's doing this to me? You know, trying to figure those things out in his head, trying to work it out, and never quite able to get to it. So that's why the tension and things kept going on. Then there was a moment recently where, before all of those thinkings and ideas and uh, have-to-dos and what-to-dos about this could kick in, the other person and he had an exchange that was just alive and real and heart-to-heart -heart kind of thing. Just a very, very um, insignificant kind of exchange, really. But it, he was able to, they were able to connect more deeply because there wasn't any leaning forward yet. There was no ideas about this is going to be a problem, that there is a problem. And even though this thing in the past sparked problems, because it kind of caught him before he was ready, before the th you know, before strategies had come into place. As I would say in context of what I've been saying, in a leaning back place, no agenda, anchored, maybe curious, he was able to meet it more deeply. And it felt just like not only was there no tension and conflict in that moment, the past ones, there was kind of a loosening of them as well. It's like this understanding that this connection kind of undid what had been before to a degree. And so now he's curious about wandering forward, what will happen, yeah. Because of this moment that he had recently 
that seemed to open up so much space for so much else. So looking at all of these, um, and taking up that question, how will you get hold of something? How will I get hold of something? I don't have an answer for that. Except to notice that it's with I'm holding on to something. An idea of in the forest how far it is from here to there or relying upon what my mind is telling me about the current situation or the agenda I have or the, you know, whatever is in, if I'm making ideas and decisions off of the anxiety I'm feeling or whatever I'm doing. If I'm in that midnight place, uh, the suddenly midnight unknown place, if I'm holding on to those things, then that might be getting in the way. So I guess the first step, the first thing I notice is how will I get hold of something is by letting go of anything I've currently got hold of. Yeah. Not in order to get a hold of anything else, but just it seems a useful first step to let go of whatever I'm holding so that if there is something to get hold of, I might be able to get hold of it because my hands aren't full, my mind's not full, my being isn't blocked. So it's an ongoing experiment. I'll keep wandering and wondering about, wandering about as and wondering about this leaning back, not coming forward, partnering with things rather than having my side versus their side and... I may, at some point, if it comes to light, report to you how I get hold of something, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> but I look forward to that wandering and um, discovering again and again, yeah. <laughs> so, in this suddenly midnight place you've not been to before that you may be familiar with already <laughs> what are you discovering and noticing how is it for you thank you for listening for more about andrew palmer and his teachings please visit bowandroar.com and look for him on facebook instagram and twitter